Hello friends, welcome to This Buds For You. If you've ever seen the movie Summer Catch, you know a little bit about Summer League Baseball here in New England. The Cape Cod League has been dominating headlines and pop culture for years. However, there are other leagues. One of such league is the New England Collegiate Baseball League, and one member of that 13-team league is the Valley Blue Sox. The Valley Blue Sox are located in Holyoke, Massachusetts, and they recently went through a overhaul with leadership and ownership, and we were fortunate enough to get some time with the new president and owner, Matt Drury. So sit back, relax, and go Sox. I don't even claim to understand it. So while I was scrolling one day, as she's on a call, I see something about buying a baseball team. Hmm. Yeah. So that's what we're here to talk about. But I'm but but let's back it up a couple steps. What is your how did you get into the game of baseball? Well, yeah, I mean my I whole mean, life go way back. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, what is your like back? I mean earliest memory. So it's always been I mean, it was my sport, right? Like that was the thing I grew up loving wanting to do baseball cards the whole deal like that's all we cared about when we're right in the middle of yankee red sox territory so right in the middle of that rivalry go yankees uh for all your your boston area listeners uh but it's uh yeah so it's always been the thing it was the sport that i was kind of the best at growing up i'm i mean except 510 i'm not dunking a basketball like that was never happening for me as much as i love to to play basketball um, played football all the way through high school, but baseball was always what I was the best at and, and what I wanted to do. And so did that all the way through um, high school and into college. And and then at a, a little place in Maine where you and I met, I was the uh, the baseball counselor for uh, Mr. Copeland, the athletic director, uh, <laughs> letting me know what was what. And uh, yeah, that was it. And then Loved the game and ended up, I ended up out in California for a while as a high school baseball coach and just never left me. So it was a, uh, a thing when I was out with the, the whole Shirley Winnebago, uh, Tahoe boys, that's, uh, I ended up the high school baseball coach for, uh, North Tahoe high school. So for anybody who's curious who the hell Shirley Winnebago, they, I, I'm, I'm working on a proposal to see if I can't finagle that story because that is an amazing story about a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Doing, I, I love the Gen Zers now are saying, I'm going to go simplify life, get an RV or a sprinter van and just go wanderlust. And we, we got a group of boys who did this before it was cool and we'll catch up with them. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that's what you were doing when you went out there, you were coaching baseball. So, well, I mean, it wasn't the original plan, but I just kind of fell into it. They had an opening. And so I was playing for, they called it like a semi pro team, but it was, I mean, it was a wooden bat league. It was good baseball. It was really, really good baseball, but it was, um, um, that Tahoe, I played for the Tahoe Braves and the Tahoe Twins. The Tahoe Twins actually won um, the Adult Baseball League Championship for like five or six years in a row. So it was it was a lot of ex D one guys, and it was really good baseball. And I think the uh, the altitude helped the ball fly a little bit further, so that gave us a little bit of an advantage. But uh, that was good. And then yeah, just came across the radar one day that and jumped on as the high school coach and had some great success there. Loved every second of it. And yeah, and then when I joined the uh, joined the corporate world that never really left me. So it was uh, always something I wanted to be involved with and get back to. So back it up a little bit. What positions did you play growing up? Uh, well, if you can't tell by looking at me and you're obviously your listeners can't, but I'm a, I'm a pretty squat guy, but I was a, I was a catcher. So um, I wanted to be involved. I actually, in high school, I was a pitcher as well. And, and I played outfield because my high school coach wouldn't let me catch because he wanted to save my arm. Um, so I was actually, 
believe it or not, the center fielder and the leadoff guy for the baseball team. But it was a, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a, uh, a unique, unique, quick way to travel. I was not fleet of foot, but I was a, a smart, heady ball player. I got on base, and uh, yeah, we uh, we did it that way. But it was a, uh, yeah. So I was a catcher, and then I got recruited into college as a catcher too. And so that was kind of my way of way in, and, and the position I loved. I was too ADD to play in the outfield, and I needed to do to be involved on every pitch and feel like I was important. So that was the best spot for me. And plus I had a mouth on me, so it was a good spot. So that's funny. Um you answered my next question. I was gonna ask what kind of leadoff guy were you? Were you speedster or were you get on base? And you said you were a heady ball player who probably knew how to get on base or hit, work a count, you know Yeah, it was it was a great contact hitter. I, I got on base. I was a uh yeah, like I said, just definitely not gonna leg out a lot of infield singles, but um I could certainly uh sprayed around the field a little bit so that so, was was kind of my role playing playing in a wooden bat adult league we'll just call it an adult league semi-pro semi-amateur however you want to put it when you get to yes, that sir. level and the ball's still moving faster than 70 miles an hour most times and it's a wooden bat league what was that like as you like did you ever hit a point where you were like all right i, I don't I, like it, it's starting to hurt a little bit more than it should oh god yeah it was a uh I mean, as a catcher, we had a couple guys who were high 80s, low 90s, and that was, I mean, it was fun to catch, but when you got somebody who's backing up like some cutter fastballs into your thumbs, it becomes a, a situation where you necessarily don't know if you want to do that every weekend for the rest of your life, So, especially with the knees, but it was uh, it was good. We had a couple, we played a couple of uh, like JUCO teams with a couple guys throwing high 90s, got, got my bat on a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, and uh grounded right back to the pitcher. So that's my, uh, that's about as hard as I ever saw, I think. So that was, uh, but I didn't strike out. So there counts. Hardest I ever saw was, and it was from the left was a guy who played in Panama city, Florida in high school. And he ended up getting drafted by he dra first round draft pick, right? High school kid lefty who could throw mid to upper nineties. I did not hit the ball, hit me square in the back. And, uh, I did, I rubbed it, cried a little bit. It hit me right in the ribs. And if anybody says like, Oh, you weenie, I want you to stand out there. And I want somebody to throw a 95 mile an hour fastball or just rock. It's a solid rock right in your ribs. See if you wear it. Rubble. Why did we start rubbing dirt on things in baseball? I don't know. Just because we think it makes us seem more manly and cool. I think, I think it worked. But it was, uh, I was, I was actually listening to a great quote with Christian Yelich player for the Brewers uh, for anybody who doesn't know, but talking about how, the unwritten rules of baseball, when your best player gets hit, you got to get hit too. And he's like, as the, as my team's best player, uh, he's like, I can tell you from experience, that is not fun at all. He's like, when you take a 98 mile an hour fastball into the arm, you can't feel it. And then you got to act like you're, you're okay. That's a, uh, it's a whole different ball game, but, but don't hold back on the people. You were a baseball guy too. You had a cannon. I remember you'd come up to, uh, to camp, show off for the kids a little bit, blow some fastballs by some uh, twelve-year-olds, and uh, make them rethink their life choices. You know, they were at least thirteen years old. But you are being very <laughs> gracious. No, you were. I, I was a baseball counselor at the same spot. There is a, there's a legacy of baseball counselors there. Our boy, I don't know if you ever ran into. There's another guy, Blake Morris, who was a baseball counselor before you and me. He's a yogi now down in uh, Georgia. He works like on a sustainable farm and is a yoga instructor. Baseball <laughs> baseball people are weird, man. We can be with some weird birds. We show up all over the place. You never know. They might just buy a baseball team. Or, uh, you know, so this is what we're getting at because I want, I mean, I want to set the stage. You are a baseball guy through and through. And that's why it's funny because I'm a golf guy through and through. That's like my true identity is golf. Always has been since I was a kid. I played baseball as a kid, you know, t-ball on up. I remember, you know, same, same ranks as you. I did not go and play college ball. Where did you play college balls? 
So I went to the University of Rhode Island as a preferred walk-on, and from the time that I was going in to the time that I arrived on campus, the coach had changed, and the new head coach had no idea who I was. Sat the bench for a year and realized that I'm not going to have a Division I uh, baseball experience and let it ruin my college experience of having a, basically a full-time job that I don't get any of the rewards for. So I uh, I moved into college life and ended up spending four of the best years of my life, summers of my life, not playing baseball and up at a summer camp that we uh, we met. And it all works out for, for a reason, still love the game. But I mean, now I've got connections all over the country and, and great friends all over the place. So it all works out in the end. I was actually just texting our, our former fearless leader, uh, Max, and just, just saying, just telling him about this conversation. He's like, man, it's such a small world. I'm like, it's not. I mean, camp is a small world, but that was a cool, that was an incredibly cool experience. And like you just pointed out, the connections that we made there, there's a, there's a, there's a viral video of Matthew floating around right now. And he's talking about summer camp. He's saying, uh, you know, he asked his son, what do you hope to get out of your camp experience? Apparently his boy said to him, I just want to meet meet new people and try cool things. And I think that's kind of the epitome of what happens there. You made it a step further than I did in my career. So when I went to the University of Georgia, I looked up the, you know, I, I went down to the athletic center and got the paperwork for when walk-on tryouts were and everything like that. First thing was voluntary 5.30 a.m. workouts. I was in the middle of fraternity rush. And I remember calling my sister. She played tennis at West Virginia University for a year before transferring to Florida State. And she said, if you're going to do this, you have to drop everything else, like you were saying. And it, it is your full-time existence. Yep. And, and a year before that, I had learned the hard way. I was at Florida State, um, like a scouting kind of thing. They invited a bunch of the North Florida baseball players, come throw and hit for us and run around, blah, 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 a little combine. And when I showed up, I mean, I was a, I was a, I'm six foot right-handed. And I was topping out at like 92, 93, which in your small little circle is a lot. And then you go and you realize <laughs> they were like right-handed or left-handed. I said, right-handed. They just pointed. And there was another 156 foot right-handed guys throwing 90. And I'm like, oh, see if I was lefty. And there's only like six guys over there throwing. <laughs> Gravity coming from that left hand. It's a, it's a whole different world. I think it's the yeah. witch doctor magic that they bought in. Yeah, exactly. It's uh all right, yeah. so we go to Rhode Island. We have the we have the experience, um, yep. And then 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 we have our camp experience. Then we didn't really part ways. Part ways. Social media. There's a blessing on it. I've been able to. We've been able to kind of see, see each other throughout the years. Where did you go next? Take me from when we parted ways up until about just before you're like, I'm gonna buy a baseball team, and then 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 we're gonna get into that. Yeah. So yeah, I'll keep it brief. But it was um, it's it's been a winding road i would say but it was yeah the post college i ended up out in california with some again some camp friends and and connections and hopefully you get those guys on cuz they have some really fun stories too but i'm sure you'll get out there but i was in yeah lake tahoe and in san francisco i was out in california for about 4 years came back and i was actually working for uh for spent several years in the uh indoor trampoline park world so um yeah, so I was doing uh, working for a franchisee. We had four parks, and then I got working on the corporate side as a corporate trainer. So it was uh, so it was good. And then I got plucked uh, to go into med tech, which is kind of how it all leads into to the baseball world. But it was a uh, it was a family company that uh, had gotten back into and asked me to come back and a little piece of it. So that's kind of where I had been for the last five six years, and still am a little bit today. Um, but we ended up selling the company and, um, again, did very well and, and, and did well with it. And, and that led me to kind of looking at what was going to be next and what are we going to find? And, and lo and behold, I come across this opportunity of a, uh, 
of a baseball team. So that's kind of, like I said, it's a long road short, but it's been a, a few different states. I was in Texas for a while, but came back here. And uh, so I'm back in, I, for those who don't, I mean, obviously, I'm now. in Connecticut now. So Connecticut and Massachusetts, um, right on the border um, between Western Mass and like Eastern Mass or Eastern Connecticut. So, um, and that's the team's based right in Western Mass. But yeah, so just kind of wandering the internet one day, trying to figure out my future and what's going to be next and kind of found uh, what I think is the perfect melding of kind of my background, what I like to do and what I want to be. And, and obviously sports, I mean, is always been my passion and what I wanted to do, but it kind of, it honestly, it all does kind of come back to that summer camp world, but of like, we're very much, we're a short season team and I'll get into it a little bit more obviously yeah. as we go along, but it really is. It's like, it's that short summer experience and trying to create that for people and now kind of being in charge of it. It's, it's 12 months of work for two months of payoff. And it's a, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's all, all comes back full circle and it's a, uh, it's just funny how, how life goes, but I think I found kind of that perfect medium of, of where I've been. Broadway, summer camp, and baseball. Those, those, are, those, are, the, those, are, the, those are those industries that are year-round, but really you're, you're prepping 10 to play two. I mean, it, it, exactly. it, it all goes in. There's no – you're playing without a net. They, you know, it, it, sport is a perfect analogy, and I mean, being a golf guy, everybody's like, oh, mulligans. Like, no, a real golfer will, is not going to take mulligans. You're going to take it on the chin. You know, and, and like in baseball, the batter sees a pitch go by. Ah, no, can, I, can, I, can we do a do – no, the only do-overs are foul balls. You better you, – you have to earn every inch in a baseball game, and it is a game of inches, milliseconds. And, and for anybody who referenced Christian Yelich, which most people brought, you know, brought, uh, brought exposure to the sport, major leagues, right? Red Sox, Yankees, Braves. But just like any other sport, you take, take college football, for example, we've got five power five conferences. So you got like 120 schools with 80 guys on each one in less than what, less than 1% of them are ever going to make a living doing it. And so you're Absolutely. You are now at that intersection of dream, talent, desire you know almost an inflection point in these people's careers so before we go deeper into that explain to folks what league like set the stage for us and then i want to hear about the valley blue Sox and how this happened absolutely so so to give a little background on the league and, and for people who know baseball i'm sure that they'll know that obviously the cape cod baseball league is the most famous league that does kind of what we do and what we're Thanks called we're the new england so the league that we're yeah right the league that we're a part of is called the New England Collegiate Baseball League, and we're consistently ranked the number two collegiate baseball league in the country. Um, so what it is, and we get about 25% of our league gets drafted into the directly into the major leagues every year. Um, so it's high-level baseball. But like you said, it's, it's really those guys at that influx of figuring out if they have it or if they don't, and they find out in our league because it really is they get that major league experience. It's 44 games in 60 days. Uh, we have – teams in every new england state at least one in every new england state so it's a lot of travel a lot of bus travel they get to live that minor league lifestyle of of traveling a lot of different places but they get to see a lot of cool cool new england towns i mean there's a team up in sanford maine i'm sure you've spent some time there bud there they've got a great ballpark there's teams down in newport and rhode island Keene, new hampshire um three teams in connecticut and it's uh it's we we're all over the place so it's 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 a blast and, and it really is it's we get guys that um, play and play very well for the Division One programs. And we've got a ton of Power Five guys. We've got a ton of mid-major guys who are studs for their league. But it's uh, 
And that's what I would say. It's it's kind of it's your power five guys or it's your mid-major uh, all-conference guys in our league. And so it's it really is. It's an opportunity for them to see just plus pitching every day and figure out if they're going to hit it and, and pitchers to find out if they can miss those wooden bats. It's also the big part is that wooden bat transition because college baseball, they still play with the metal bats and they get to find out. I mean, 350 in college with a metal bat can all of a sudden become 170 with a wooden bat real quick because you're not finding those holes. And it's it's interesting to see the guys, they go through those struggles and they do it with us and they figure out there's always another game tomorrow. So they they live kind of that every day, every game lifestyle. And it's a, it's a really neat league. I'm really excited to be a part of it. And it's it's one that with a profile, it's really well known within in baseball circles and, and growing on a national scale. And it's uh, it's one that's it's pretty exciting to be a part of. And, and our team, obviously, is is the Valley Blue Sox. We're based in Holyoke in Massachusetts, so in Western Mass. It really is. It's the best baseball that anyone can see in Western Massachusetts. We're the highest level, and it's uh, it's great. We operate as basically as a minor league team for that short season in the summer, and it's uh, it, it works out great. I want to come out this summer and do a follow-up episode with you during a game. If we could sit in – I don't know if you have a box or if we could just sit in the bleachers or somewhere quiet in the outfield and watch the game together. I'd love to pick your brain more about this. Two quick questions. Absolutely. Hang out in the Bud Light Seltzer suite. <laughs> Not named after me. Different Bud Light. The um, so, couple quick questions. No free ads. What what separates the twenty five percent from the seventy five percent? And you're like, what, yeah, oh, like because what we've talked about is, I I talked about my little actually two quick asides. A Tim Ashcroft was my high school baseball coach. The guy was a medic in Nam. He won. They won two or three state titles over his 20 year career. We made it as far as regional finals a couple of times, but he had a rule. We were not allowed to touch metal bats except for live games, practice, preseason, huh. batting practice. does not matter. No, no, no live bats until live games. And I got to tell you, it really did make us better hitters. But I told you about my little experience there getting to Florida state for that combine and going, Oh, there's like, there's, there's another level. There's another level. And even as a golfer, every time I go out and play, if I shoot a good score and my, my buddies will be like, you should play in tournaments or you should do this. Or you ever thought about there's, it's different. It's just different. So what, and, and from what you've seen, what separates the 25% from the 75%? Well, sometimes you can just see it and it's intangible, right? I mean, all of a sudden you've got a, the average fastball in our league is probably 91 to 94 and then all of a sudden you got a guy who's just blessed from the gods and he's throwing 98, 99. And, and I mean, some of that's hard work and some of it's God given and, and it can be case by case on each basis, but it really is. I mean, the guys, it's so funny. I mean, the first practice our team had that like all these guys get it on a different level. Right. And I played baseball at a pretty high level, but I also coached, but like you got to practice with our guys. The practice can be a high level practice. It lasts an hour and 15 minutes because no one misses a rep. Everybody's on it. They do the right things every single time. Everybody's prepped. Everybody's ready. And they do the work on their own, too. That's a big thing. It's like we have an indoor facility and a batting cage, and that stuff is constantly used at all hours of the day. And, and that's what separates them to get to the Division One level. But then even within our league, obviously, there's the separation between the the haves and the have-nots and guys that you know immediately are going to go to that next level and guys that are kind of maxed out at their potential. And it's it's interesting to see because, I mean, some guys kind of see it, some guys fight against it, and the guys who fight the hardest are going to kind of um, hopefully make that kind of dream last a little bit longer. But it is. It's a tough scenario, and it's it's tough to see guys kind of bat up against it. Like you said, we'll, we'll, we get guys that will hit 370 in their college league, and they show up for us, and it's just not working and it's a 150 and it's a tough 
tough deal for them when they're they're the stud for their Division One college team and they come to us and struggle. And it's um, it's unique. And I don't know if there's anything one specific thing that I would say is like this is what separates because it is it's case by case difference. And it's so funny. And I'll take you to a a, a conversation I was driving. We had our All Star game in, in Martha's Vineyard. It's a great spot if anybody uh, gets a chance. Mar- Martha's Vineyard. Heard of it? Yeah, heard of it. So, um, so we had, our All Star game was there this year. There's a team in the league based there, and and so I'm actually we're driving from Martha's Vineyard to Sanford, Maine, and I've got my head coach, who's also my hitting coach, my pitching coach in the front, and then our problem, our two of our All Stars, our two of our best players, and two hitters. But our one guy, and he's a great player. He plays a Big Ten player, um, Big Ten center fielder, and he's talking through his hitting kind of mechanism and how he thinks about it in his head, and he's talking about his load, his finger placement, his elbow placement, and and where it is, and when he starts, and and he's just going through mechanism by mechanism. And obviously, this is a time this is a time where he's struggling, so he's trying to figure it out. But all those things are in his head. And then, so my head coach is like, kind of telling me, "Hey, you just need to kind of clear it and and do what you need to do." And they're kind of going through all these different steps of a swing. And then they go to our other all star, who's hitting four hundred in the league. He was a uh, Division one, he's a Pac-12 guy, so, um, and a division, or a, uh, sorry, Big East fresh, or sorry. Big East, I love the Big East. No, he's a Pac-12 guy, so freshman All-American, um, so a younger guy, and they go to him, and so, like, what are you thinking about? He goes, nothing, I'm thinking about see the ball, hit the ball. So, and these are our two best players, and just the dichotomy of, like, what you guys are thinking, and you're both having success the way you're doing it, but there's just it's baseball is just that funny game. And sometimes it just takes getting out of your head, but like it really is. It's that kid with that natural talent. And, and that was, I would say it's that kid with all the God given natural talent. He's, he's still, I mean, he's a very hard worker obviously and does it, but he's got that just kind of innate thing of like, he can just do it right. Um, freshman, all American, like, you know, true freshman comes in, they're hitting over 300 in college. They just in the pac 12 and power five school, they've just got it. Right. And then the other kid who's worked his way up, transferred a couple times, and now has worked his way into a Big Ten center fielder. But just that that difference of the two different – and that's the kind of guys that we see in our league, and they both can make it. But it's just – it's funny to think about, like, that's kind of where they're at, and it's it's unique to kind of baseball in, in the way your, your mindset has to you be. You almost have to have the Mamba mentality. If you scroll on social media, you'll see these Kobe Bryant, like, stories, all these guys coming out. I mean, we're talking about, like, Dwayne Wade, like that level of player going – you know, like I, he was different. I'm like if you're saying he was different. So what you're talking about is you, you do have to have a mindset and whether it's the God given talent on the inside that you know is there and you rely on, you don't take for granted and you are in the gym at 4am or it's the recognition of, I don't have that God given talent. So I got to be in there at 4am. I got to do this. It, like you said, there's no single thing. It's an amalgamation of, uh, of a little bit of talent, a little bit of effort and a little bit of luck, because I'm sure you've seen guys, you mentioned, you know, there's a difference between 91, 92 and like 96, 97, 98. Like you, you can tell when people are crisping up in that. You can hear it. You can almost dadgum feel it. And, and and you definitely like when somebody else sees it, you see that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're, we are feeling that. It, even they are fighting against another guy who's throwing 95, 96, 97, who's up at, who's up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. So there is a little bit of not luck, but right right place, right time and making sure that you do perform when you need to. Right. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what our league does. It gives the opportunity to be seen. I mean, we've got all 30 a scout from all 38 major league baseball teams goes to our all-star game. We've got scouts visiting, visiting our field every game. 
Um, we have Synergy and TrackMan, which are two technology systems that, I mean, obviously TrackMan is a golf guy you'll be familiar with, with how it works, but obviously very important for baseball too. Tracks everything, spin rate, analytics have become massive in baseball. That's it's more that's, than Moneyball. It's beyond it's Moneyball a, uh, now. It's, I mean, it, it's an entire no, it's, Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I see that. I have a team that, of my group that puts together uh, our team and it really is, we have like our own version of NECBL Moneyball when we're going to recruit kids is we've got our areas that we look for and our stats and, and the track man information and, and we'll obviously watch game film and, and see how they do. But yeah, a lot of it is it's analytics driven the, these days. And that's where a lot of guys are getting their opportunities. Just I heard, I was listening to Dan Patrick show. He's my muse. He is everything. To me. I love Dan Patrick. I just think he's a wonderful you know, sportscaster interviewer, everything he does. Great. Uh, and he was talking about how it was maybe the giants were showing him when he was at their spring, he, him and his show were at the giant spring training facility out in Arizona for the week leading up to the Super Bowl. And they got to play and have fun, and they were talking to him. And he said they they have a pitching machine out there now that they can literally just program and say, we want you to throw Clayton Kershaw's curveball. Because like you said, we can now yeah. – what's the spin rate? What's the angle? What's this? They can put that in. This machine's going to spit that out. But they can also do it to where it, you know just straight curveballs, or you can program a pitcher, and then it will randomize pitches for you. I mean the the level of prep that it takes to be at this level – I, would, I think it'd be hilarious if you and I like went to a batting cage and just said, look, we're going to go in the one that, that, that's, that's pumping it out there and, you know, watch us try to hit it. We might, yeah. we'll get the hang of it. We'll get our timing down because timing doesn't leave you until old age takes over. Uh, yeah. But then the mind game, like I think about the scene from Bull Durham. Wait a minute. Do your, do your players know about Bull Durham? Is it still, is, is it still as solid in baseball lore as it used to be? No. I don't know that it is. Uh, this whole generation, it's a whole different you now. If it's not on TikTok, I don't know if they've seen it, but we'll get some clips up there. I actually, it's funny because like the world that we're in, I mean, Summer Catch. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Movie, with, like, uh, Fifty First Dates. I was going for Summer Catch. Sorry, with Freddie Prince. Oh yeah, Jessica Biel. It was a it was a formative it movie well. in my youth, and uh, so, so yeah, we showed that to them. That's kind of like our uh, our kickoff to the season. We'll show show them that and kind of get them in the like right it. mindset. It's a uh, yeah, it's a nice kickoff. But yeah, but Bull Durham's one that every baseball fan and every baseball player should be well aware of. And yeah, breathe through your eyeballs and, and that. You're in your head, meat. Uh, like like the term the term <laughs> exactly. meat needs needs to stick around in baseball. So you you find it, you see what's my next opportunity? Valley Blue Sox. And then absolutely. So it was, uh, I was, yeah, like I said, I was really, I was scrolling the internet looking for opportunities and, and this was something that just kind of came across. I had no concept of like what was involved, what it was going to cost, all that kind of stuff. So then kind of went down the rabbit hole and, and got into it and figured out. Um, and really the ad just kind of said opportunity, didn't say where it was, all that kind of stuff. And then it just ended up being serendipity that it ended up being close to me enough where I could get involved. And now you, you get into the world. And so last year, I mean, was kind of a transition year for me with the team and the previous owner kind of stayed on as a consultant to kind of, so I could learn the whole process and figure it out. Cause it is, it's not just, I mean, we place guys with uh, host families. We place, or we've got a, we, we do our own concessions. We do, we sell beer in the park. We have a team of 15 plus interns that we recruit from all over the country to come work for us. That's a whole other thing you need to train recruit and all that kind of stuff so it's a lot of moving parts and I, I mean i love doing it but it is it's a ton of work it really is it's and really it's 22 home games and you're prepping and you're getting ready for every one of them and it's it's a i mean it's a blast but it's a lot of moving parts and i threw myself really in the deep end and now 
this year going into the year two, we've got a lot of different plans and what we've seen and what we want to make happen. But it's a, uh, it's good. It's a, uh, like I said, it's a, uh, I couldn't imagine finding a more kind of perfect scenario for what I wanted to do and where I want to be and, and what I want to find kind of going forward and, and hopefully making it, like I said, turn it into something real and, and we can continue doing this and kind of make it my, my full-time life work and, and do some other stuff as well. But this is uh, my whole goal is to try to work for myself for the rest of my life. So, so that's the plan this is kind of step one into it, but it's also going to be the, my baby and pet project and the one that I'm going to uh, take forward and, and closest to Steinbrenner I'll be at this moment in my life. So it's and a, it'll be it's close a to Steinbrenner after life. Um, cause all of you, all, all you Yankees are going <laughs> to the same place. No, I'm joking. No, how much of the hands-on baseball stuff do you still get to do? Is, is working at is, is working in this kind of organization at this level, does it free you up a little bit to be out on the field or down on the lot? Like how much interaction do you have once, like once, like the season's going and stuff as far as baseball versus the business of baseball? So that's a good question. So I, I'd like to say that I, I'm going or my plan and, and the kind of the way I want to run the organization is that I'm very much a part of everything, but the on baseball, I mean, I do have a team that kind of takes care of everything at every level. So yeah, I can kind exactly. of just pop around and be where I need to be, which is great. And obviously, I mean, competitive guy, baseball guy. So I'm, I'm looking at everything, but I do, I mean, I've got a great coaching staff. I've got a great director of baseball operations. Who's got four championships in our league in different, different areas. Um, so we're trying to get them one for the thumb this year. And then I have a great general manager who handles a lot of the stuff on the business side as far as the sponsorships go and, and all that kind of goes. And, and it really was, it was a team effort. My general manager was brand new last year. So we tag teamed a lot of that, but it is, it's fun. It's I'm running up and down in the stadium, running up to the press box and and making sure that if we get a name wrong to make sure that we're, we're getting it correct the next time, if the sound cue is incorrect, I'm, I'm running around to kind of figure all that out, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's it's unique. I would say my hands are in a lot of different things all at once, but I've got a great team now that I think I can trust to kind of take some of that stuff on and, and make sure that we're all pulling in the same direction. But it's it's a road to get it there, right? And every year, like I said, we're starting fresh with almost we'll have ten to fifteen brand new interns. Hopefully, some of them are coming. We'll have some of the guys coming back, but it's a, every year is a whole new team and a whole new intern process, a whole new staff. So it's a whole new ballgame. Like I said, it takes it back to that summer camp world but where you got to retrain everybody and you got to go through it it really is it's a it's a lot of prep and and it's it's i love i've always worked with young people i love the energy it brings and i love being around it and it's 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 fun to work with a staff that's energized and ready to go every season but uh like i said it's a lot of a lot of training and a lot of getting them up to go but yeah i would say hopefully my time is is spread mostly towards the bigger picture and, and trying to figure out how we can take it to the next level and then working on stuff to get us there and have us start thinking about it, whether it's on the field or off the field, it's uh, try to do both. And it's, I try to wait and wait in every field at all, say all times. And it can be, can be busy, but it's certainly uh, one that's rewarding when you have a nice full house and the team performs at the same time and it makes for a really When the hell were you doing night. in the center field? You are a catcher from the core. You have to be standing back there kind of a little bit. Pitcher, this is what you're going to do. Infield, this is our setup right here. All right, outfield. Like, that's you to a T, and I love that. So where are you in your year right now uh, with putting the team together? Not the, not, not, not the staff team, but your baseball team. And, and how does that work? Yeah, so actually the baseball team, 
we have most of our slots filled by the time September is over. Um, yeah, so the season ends, I mean, usually about mid-August. If we, we make a nice deep playoff run, ends the second week, week in August. Um, and then we immediately go to putting together the team for next year and looking at who did well in their summer leagues, who's got a good chance, who do we want to bring back, that kind of stuff. Um, and usually by like, yeah, September, October, right when they finish fall ball, we've got most of our guys placed. Um, and the spring will add to, so I mean, we're in that process now. So, but the team is pretty much together. We've got, um, most of our spots and then it's just, you never know. Some guys will get overused in college and as far as pitchers go and then won't end up with us. And, and that's a whole nother, whole nother issue now. And we're, we're dealing with, I mean, obviously, uh, People, most people will know we're dealing with the NIL oh, stuff yeah. in, in college sports. We're dealing with the transfer portal. It's it's a whole new ball game in college sports. And like I was telling them about my college story, like if I had had the opportunity to transfer with no issues, I mean, I was recruited by other schools. I probably would have taken that opportunity and my life would have changed that turn very differently. And uh, But it's, it's funny because it really is. It's sometimes we've got guys who are on the phone for about an hour during batting practice with different college coaches because that – portal window opens and we've got a bunch of mercs walking around trying to figure out where their next step's going but it's a it's a it's a unique world but it's so it's funny but you know you never know we until the day they get there until report day we never know exactly who's coming how they're going some guys will say oh i'm coming i'm coming i'm coming it'll be two weeks into the season and all of a sudden you stop hearing from them but it is it's like those, those college guys you never know but it is um we've got a lot of Great kids. The roster looks great on paper this year. We're in a good spot, but that's kind of where we're here. We run the Western Massachusetts Baseball Hall of Fame. So we actually had that banquet last night. Um, so we inducted some ex-major leaguers, some great community people and all that kind of stuff. But now that that night's over, we're fully focused on the upcoming season and making sure our sponsorships are all set, organizing all our promotion, promotional schedule for the season and, uh, Locking down our internships. So yeah, we got 97 days, now. five hours, 23 minutes, and 30 seconds until baseball at McKenzie Stadium. So I'm pumped. I love. Uh, are the are great. what's on the website right now? Is this like the uniforms and everything and the and the updated? Up no, so we actually went through. Yeah, that was our our fall this year. We went through a brand new updating of the. We're in a pretty big fight with our website provider at the moment of getting the new branding up. But we went through a whole new whole new brand, whole new liven it up. We're kind of went with like kind of that minor league looks. We have a whole new look and feel to us. So the logo is up there in some spots, but um, the hats just arrived yesterday. We've got new uniforms coming. So it's, it's we're going to be like the Oregon Ducks. We've got three uniforms, three hats. We can mix and match. And it's uh, wanted to freshen it up, have some fun with it. And like you said, you, 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 purchase something like this and you want to make it your own and, and harken back to our, our team has a great tradition and history. And so we didn't want to lose that, that blue Sox vibe and, and the name, but we did a minor league it up a little bit. We're going well, to have some I mean, fun at with the it core year. of it all. We're talking business. We're talking this, we're talking about that. it's a game at the core of it. At the core of this baseball is a game. And if you're not having fun, even the competition's fun, but if you're not having fun, then what are we even doing here? And it sounds like that, that's a little bit of that, that dreary, uh, edge that you're trying to put that stamp you're trying you're, you're putting on your blue socks absolutely if we're not having fun neither are any of the people at the games and we're gonna like i said we have a blast with our our people who come to to visit us we have a blast in the community we want to have fun with it we want to have a great mascot that kind of people can identify with us and 
I think it's uh, we're in a good spot now and we're excited about it. But yeah, it really was. It was one of those things where um, you want to put your stamp on things right away. And this is kind of the most outward way to do it. But it's a uh, it's a blast. And plus, I've always been like a uniform guy, like follow that that uni watch <laughs> on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. The uh, what he's called the athletic aesthetic guy. So it's always it's fun to, to do things the way you want it. And, and, and it's, uh, it's a great way to kind of. Play that video I game out in real life. Never even considered so the speak. NIL impact, you know, transfer portal, that kind of stuff, because it, it, it's such a fast-paced game now. Where you know, a young a young young person could have an NIL deal that's making God knows how much money compared to this, but they still need that exposure. It's not like it's it's not like you have to jump through these hoops, but playing in these summer leagues, playing it, this is how you get the proper exposure in the right way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can stand over there and say, "I got a big arm and a big NIL deal," and they'll say, "Well, then why aren't you over here where?" you know, the players are playing. Right. And that's, what's unique about baseball and, and college baseball specifically is really these summer leagues are something you have to do at a high level if you want to be a guy. Right. So it's like their college baseball seasons, 30 something games, and it's pretty short as far as that stuff goes. And they want to see how you, how you react, how you work in a major league atmosphere where you're playing every day and you're, playing with the wooden bats and it's it's a great spot for our leagues to be and it really is there's lots of leagues all over the country and places that do it well and um it really is it's it's it just runs and operates and now with the contraction of um and i don't know if you heard with the contraction of minor league baseball where they brought all the affiliated teams have been contracted down into so there's i think each major league team only has Uh. like four minor league teams total now um, something like that. I don't, don't quote me on that, that exact number, but it is reduced significantly. Um, so it does have a higher impact on guys staying in college longer, wanting to play, seeing these spots. And it really, we play in a lot of minor league stadiums that have now repurposed for our league and, um, we're drawing big crowds. I've been elbow and, deep and in the golf it's, world it's for the last five, six, 40 years. Uh, so I got to look into that though. That makes sense though. The, not the, the efficiency of yeah, minor so league baseball. Right. And they, well, so really it was the minor league guys have now been added to that major league players association. So they're getting the pension, all that kind of stuff. So they, in order to pay these guys and say what the, cause you've got guys who, who toil in the uh, minor leagues for a long time or play overseas or all that kind of stuff. And where, where they just wanted obviously better living positions, better wages, better travel. And in order to do that, that's how they kind of did it. They contracted minor league baseball and, and now guys are in a better spot if you can get one of those places. But a lot of teams lost their minor league deals and a lot of places uh, lost their affiliations. So it's it's an interesting world to be in. And uh, the baseball draft went from like 55 rounds to like seven now. So it's a, it's a whole different world on how you need to get seen. And, and our league provides that opportunity for guys to kind of kind of do that this is this is one of the most educational I, I again i played baseball from when i was probably six until until college and then i dropped it right before college and i've learned more about pro baseball talking to you in the last 40 minutes or 30 minutes than i have in my entire life so before we go any further because i do you know you've been so gracious with your time the season's around the corner and we are going to revisit this I, whether you like it or not i'm going to hunt you down i might even come out to the stadium unannounced just to say hey i'm joking well, like we said, we got the All Star Game that's up in right, Lynn, up right. in your neck of the woods. All right, so we've got we, yeah. there, there's plenty of serendipity. Yeah, game catch up with a couple players. We'll we'll figure out. You can talk to, like you said, varying that guys on how their uh, how their season's going, the next uh, step for them, all that kind of I'll stuff. Ask him, I'll ask him quietly. What do you want to say about Matthew? Can't say to his face. 
<laughs> yeah, nothing. Exactly. So Matt, if anybody, just real quick for the folks that have stuck around this long, tell us again, the team, where can they find you? How can they support? How can they get involved? And then I'm going to ask you what I'm, what my, Dan Patrick is one of my muses. And then James Lipton, if you've never seen an episode of Inside the Actor's Studio, he's the guy who, the beard, the glasses, and speaks very softly. And he would always end his interviews with 10 questions. It's a like a philosophy or a psychology uh, questionnaire that from some French dude that he tweaked. I dropped one of the questions to make it nine because I'm a golf guy. So I want it to be nine and baseball nine. And also one, one of the questions is what's your favorite yeah, curse word? Everybody chooses either a variation of the F word or some demeaning female term. And just going to say, great, we're going to move on to those. But before we do, I want to know, I want you to tell the people where can they find and support the Valley blue stocks. Go Sox. Yeah, please find us. It's valleybluesocks.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok now, all Valley Blue Socks on all those platforms. Uh, we've got some great followings. We do some great content. Please follow and, and go along. It's the NECBL.com. If you're based at all in New England, uh, please check out the New England League, the New England Collegiate Baseball League. We're all over the place. Um, it's great baseball. You guys will be super excited. Uh, you won't be disappointed in any of our stadiums, so please come by. And uh, But definitely wear and, and purchase your Blue Sox stuff first before you go to those team stadiums and, and roof for us. Uh, Got to fly the yeah, flag. The fly one. the Blue Sox flag. All right, Matt. Owner. Live your brand. <laughs> we've, got, we've got the owner and president of Valley Blue Sox. We are going to go through our our quick nine, and then I'm going to cut him loose so he can go back to putting together a championship <laughs> season for his blue socks you ready matt all right what is your favorite word Ooh. now you're gonna get me it's gonna take much longer uh favorite word is well, let's go with a throwback to a, a bud copeland original phenomenal what is Just your least, what is your least favorite word that's an easy one moist <laughs> what turns you on creatively spiritually or emotionally Oof, uh, i would have to say it's the unknown and adventure that kind of thing what's coming next and and trying to figure it out i think that's that's kind of my favorite part about life is figuring out what the next step is and what the next adventure is traveling that kind of stuff what turns you off sitting in an office all day doing spreadsheets and, and file work. That's uh, an easy way to lose, lose your life and turn things off <laughs> for me, for me. That's my, like I said, my personal, my personal opinion. For sure. What sound or noise do you love? Let's go with the crack of a baseball bat. Stay on theme. Can't get any better than a home run hit on a wooden bat all the way out of the court park. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, nails on a chalkboard. That is a frustrating one. Or anybody who touches styrofoam. Styrofoam is my least favorite thing in the world. I can't touch it. Can't be around it. That's, uh, that's the one for me. What profession, other than your own, would you want to try? Whew. I think for... You know, actually, for I would love to try this. I would love to be like a commercial snowplow driver. I've always wanted to. I would 
like a yeah, like a gene bean, just figure it out and, and drive it down. Never done it before. I don't know if I would love to do it for a long, long time, but I would certainly love to try it. And, and I think I would have a lot of fun until I ruined and crashed into something. But uh. What profession would you not like to do? I would not like to be a surgeon. I'm not good with blood. And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You made it, kid. Matt, this has been an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to talk more, catch up more. And if anybody else hasn't picked it up by now, Valley Blue Sox. Go Sox. That's right. Go Sox. ValleyBlueSox.com, baby.